Tonight's Sheer is sponsored Le'ili Nishmas, Mrs. Hannah Storch, that's Hannah Bas Avram Pesach, by her children, Frank and Daniela Storch, in honor of her first yard site, made the Neshama have an Aliyah. Amen. Parshas Lechlecha begins a new saga in Chumash. We have a new protagonist featured, introduced, no less than Avram Avinu himself, the, t- the titan himself. So studying this parsha, we want to reach an ever more intimate understanding of Avram, to kind of capture Avram Avinu on an Ashama level, to understand him on a fundamental level, and to understand how various facets of Avram Avinu's personality come together in a cohesive character. So I would like to begin with a question. One of our primal associations with Avram Avinu is as Avraham Hikirasporu, Avram as the discoverer of Hashem's existence, the one who taught the world monotheism. And we have so many vivid midrashim about how he studied the cosmos and the stars and the sun and reached the conclusion there must be a creator. And how he broke the idols in his father's idol shop. And how he argued with the heretics. And yet none of these appear in the Chumash. The Torah does not explicitly speak about Avram discovering Hashem. His story in our parsha begins with Lechlecha. Hashem's command when he's 75 years old, leave your parents' home and travel to the promised land. How can so pivotal a feature of Avram Avinu, arguably his greatest contribution, discovering Hashem not be here and not be in his introductory story in Parshas Lechlecha, I am convinced that the Torah must be, in fact, telling the story of Avram Hikar Esporo, relaying to us how he discovered his creator via the Slachlacha narrative. That while on a surface level, Lechlacha Me'artzacha Mimailadacha Me'besavicha is a story of a geographical journey, a geographical travel from Haran to Yisrael. It's intended to be read no less as a human journey. That just as he began physically in his parents' home, he began on a human level in his parents' home, a house of heresy. And just as he was embarking in a great physical journey from his parents' home to the place of Hashem Eretz well, no less In the realm of consciousness, in the realm of belief, he was leaving his parents' home. He was leaving the womb of his upbringing, the teachings and the heresies and the culture that he had been reared and cultivated with, and finding the holy zone, Hashem himself. The Torah is by design using the story of a lechlecha, of a journey here, Because the Torah does not want to simply 
to focus on Avram's theological probings of God. But the Torah wants us to focus on the travel element thereof, the halicha, because you see, Avram's discovery of Hashem and his conversion to monotheism which followed, Avram Tchil Legeirim, is not simply an intellectual journey. It is a deeply human story that just as in the physical journey of Lech Lecha, he was painfully leaving the place of his upbringing, kissing his mother goodbye, so to speak, for the last time, never going to see her again. Well, that same thing had been going on in his of consciousness. The religious teachings and the cultural milieu in which a person grows up are deeply, deeply personal. And to jettison that, to throw that aside for a new belief system, for a new path which one is trailblazing, that is no less a tumultuous lech lecha, no less of a serious nefesh, leaving your parents' home, leaving everything you know, traveling to the great unknown. Indeed, this is not simply a story of geographical travel, but on a much deeper level, a story of human travel, of a human leaving everything he knows, a belief system he knows so intimately, to find something new, not only the holy place, but the holy space to be in, Hashem himself, that is what the Torah wants us to focus on. It wants us to relate to Avram's theological discovery of Hashem as a halicha, as a travel, as a leaving behind everything he knows so well. It is only thereby that we can appropriately appreciate Avram's great discovery of monotheism and the Messiris Nefesh. And this is truly the Messiris Nefesh of all Geirim who follow Avram Avinu. It is not simply they discover an intellectual truth. And bingo, presto, you make a gear. No, there's a deeply personal story here, a, personal, a story of leaving behind a home, a belief system. Everything a person was raised in to embark in something new. It's a halicha, it's a travel. The Torah wants us to see it as a travel, and therefore it is the lechlecha that starts the Avram story. So seen this way, the Lechlecha which opens our parsha is far more than a particular story of travel. But it is rather an articulation of Avram's entire life. Lechlecha, he was traveling. He was leaving behind what he knew, the heretical ways of his ancestors. To find the new. And this understanding, this expanded understanding of Lech Lecha, beyond the particular physical journey from Charon Yisrael, to be the larger story of Avram and his revolution as a spiritual journey, is borne out by a splendid textual pattern. Frequent attendees of this sheer Noel that one of the tools I utilize when studying a unit of text is bookends, finding the symmetrical opening and closing of a unit in Torah. Well, the story of Avram Avinu, at least the story of the prime of his life, is largely the back-to-back parshios 
of Lech Lecha and Vayera. That while he does exist in last week's parasha, he is under the shadow of Terach, his father. And while he does exist later in Parshas Chayisara, in Chayisara, he is already transitioning out, burying his wife, setting up the next generation Yitzchak with a wife of his own. The prime of Avram Avinu's life is Lech Lecha Vayera, and therefore we ought to hone in on Lech Lecha Vayera as a unit and find our bookends. And the bookends are right there so splendidly. Just as our parsha of Lech Lecha begins with this powerful expression, Lech Lecha, go for yourself, as in Lech Lecha Me'artzecha. Parshas Vayera ends with the story of the Akedah, which actually contains that very same phrase if we read it carefully. And go for yourself, O Eretz HaMoriah. That is a startling realization. These are the only two places where we find this conjunction of Lech Lecha in Chumash. It is so clear that the Torah is bracketing the story of Avram with Lech Lecha in the beginning, Lech Lecha in the end. And I later found a Medrash which notes these two Lech Lechas. What is the meaning, what is the significance of bookending Avram's life with Lech Lecha, beginning with his travel from his parents' home in our parish and culminating with his 10th test, his 10th Nisayan, the Akedah in Parshas Vayera, Lech Lecha is supposed to be the Avram motto, the overarching phrase and theme of his life, beyond any particular journey. Avram is a holy, Avram is a traveler. Avram is one who does not remain in the place where he starts, but quite the contrary. He moves beyond his parents' teachings. He moves beyond the society in which he grew up. He is not a prisoner to circumstances, to spiritual limitations, as so many are. And as with every Torah true discovery, this Lech Lecha pattern of the bookends spawns more discovery. You will find the term holich, spiritual traveler, repeatedly in the Chumash, describing Avram's Avodas Hashem. He is called traveling before God or traveling with Hashem. For example, in the end of our parasha, Hashem says, travel before me. Or later on Parshas Chayisara, about Av- Avram says, Hashem Asher his halachti lefanav, Hashem who I traveled in front of him. And likewise, we have a Pasuk in Parshas Vayechi reflecting back on Avram and his son Yitzchak. Vayasher his halchu avosai lefanav Avram b'Yitzchak. Avram and Yitzchak traveled before Hashem. You don't have any other figure that so repeatedly his avodas Hashem is called traveling before Hashem. This halicha is our repetitive phrase echoing, reverberating throughout the Avram text. Well, now it's so apparent why and what the intention is. Avram is a holich, Avram is a traveler. Avram is that figure of Messiris Nefesh, as we said, who is not prisoner to birth lowliness on the spiritual totem pole. Avram is not restrained by any of that. Avram is a traveler. Avram moves on to trailblaze his own destiny. Hence, he's called a holich. Now, certainly on one level, Avram's persona as a holich, as a spiritual traveler who moves beyond, is in line with his personality. 
Avram was a, no doubt a revolutionary by nature. He was ready to buck the tide. He was ready to be a maverick of sorts and even deviate from his parents' ways and transition to something greater. But it is not simply Avram's personality, but it is the charge and the mission of the era. After all, the previous parashios of Bereshus and Noach have, art- have clearly articulated an early world gone spiritually awry. As the Mishnah says, Ad Avram was shifting the, the tide of spiritual depravity, of Mabel, of Darhaflag, and so forth. So Avram had to be a holy. Avram had to be a traveler. Avram cannot be the stickler who perpetuates the old model in a world of deviance, in a world of spiritual depravity. You need revolutionaries. You need people who are going to shake it up a bit. It is not a time to be a follower, to be a traditionalist. To be a traditionalist to a tradition of Risha? Certainly not. Avram is a holich, as this reverberating word throughout his story is saying. He's a spiritual traveler, moving beyond the circumstance of spiritual depravity which he's born into and which the world at large faces. This understanding of Avram as a holich can certainly be applied to other figures in history. Figures who became revolutionaries due to the need of, the, of an era. We will even find individuals who by nature are not brazen or individuals with gumption. Individuals who would very much like to be followers, but they understand that the need of the era forces them, forces upon them the mission to be a holy, to be a traveler and move beyond. This understanding of Avram as a holich is further borne out by yet another textual pattern. That while Avram is the only figure who is so often called a holich, who is so often called a spiritual traveler, I was able to find two other figures in Chumash, two other figures alone who are called traveling before God. And we will see how they fit the same model. Who are the two individuals? Well, in the last two parshios, we have, we have first of all, Noach. Es ha'elukim heshalech Noach. Noach walked in the ways of Hashem. And likewise, back in Parshish Bereshis, we have a righteous man named Chanoch. Vayeshalech Chanoch ha'elukim. Chanoch walked or traveled in the ways of Hashem. Why particularly Chanoch and Noach? Other tzaddikim, Moshe Rabbeinu, Rivke Imenu, you won't find that term holich. Why are the only figures along with Avram Avinu who are described as spiritual travelers, Chanoch and Noach, these Parshas Bereshis and Parshas Noach figures, will not make so much sense. If the idea of being a holich is one who recognizes in a depraved world, I need to move beyond. I need to travel beyond the present circumstances. I can't be a yes man because then I'm being a yes man to Rishos. Well, it is specifically people born into the (laughs) 
devolved world, spiritually devolved world of Bereshus Anoach, the world of Daramabal, the world of Darhaflaka. It's a Hanoch, it's a Noach, you understand, who need to be a holich, as in traveling with Hashem, traveling to Hashem away from the, the host culture around them, and they have that ability to buck the tide. Other tzaddikim who exist, who live in a spiritually tolerant culture or even a spiritually elevated culture are not necessarily a holich. In fact, generally, if one lives in an appropriate society, one should not be a total revolutionary. One should observe their acherits. One should respect the social order around them. It is particularly individuals such as a chanoch, chanoch, but most of all, as we studied from our repeated pattern, Avram, who's called a holich, Avram, who had to be a buck, a tide bucker, that's what the world needed. Had Avram not done this, had Avram been a yes man rather than a revolutionary, I shudder to think where you and I would be today. Who knows if we would still be bowing to graven images in the land of Mesopotamia. This holich pattern of Avram is a very helpful start to addressing our original question, who is Avram? And seeing how the text, how the Torah itself wants us to envision him. As that revolutionary figure, that figure with the gumption and the gut to move beyond circumstances of his birth and inspires within us all the ability to pursue the unpopular, to pursue the unforeseen spiritually, find our destiny in unforeseen ways to be a holich. And I would suggest, again, as with every Torah true discovery, as we expand upon this, we will now find other key features of Avram's life which fall right into place, which resonate in line with this revolutionary holich personality. For example... Avram is the figure of Nisionos. Avram is the figure of tests. While we all face tests in life, the model of a life pervaded with Nisionos is Avram Avinu. As the Mishnah says in Avos, Asara Nisionos Nisnasa Avram Avinu Va'amad Bakulam. He withstood ten tests. And parenthetically, I'll note that this notion Chazal are teaching us about the test can be traced right back to the text. The only time the word Nisayan appears in Sefer Bracious is regarding Avram in the Akedah. The Torah explicitly says, Valokim Nisas Avram. Hashem tested Avram. Well, I would suggest the Akedah as the 10th test, called explicitly by the text a Nisayona test, is Chazal's source to expand. In fact, the Akedah was a culmination of 10 Nisayonos tests which came before. So Avram is that figure of Nisayonos tests. Why so? What is the idea of tests? And this is quite relevant because we are all tested in life. Life does not move straight and easy. Life is not a spiritual cakewalk for any of us. What is the idea of tests which is so thoroughly Avramic? Well, now we're beginning to understand Avram is the holy. Avram is the individual who does not remain spiritually stagnant. Stagnation is anathema to Avram. He's a holy. He's always moving somewhere. Well, that's what tests do. That even if a person left his own devices might be in a cert- on a certain madrega, might be in a certain place, 
life circumstances, tests, force the person to grow, force them to become ever greater. The person cannot be stagnant. Life itself is a current pushing them to become ever greater, pushing them to draw upon unknown reservoirs of faith, unknown reservoirs of stamina, unknown reservoirs of heroism and strength to face new circumstances, new tribulations. It's Avram who does this because Avram is a holy. Avram is an individual who travels, who's always moving beyond his present circumstances. Just as he initially moves beyond his heathen upbringing, the heresy he grew up with to find something new. Well, he's actually always moving beyond himself. He's always moving beyond his present madrega. He's always moving beyond the person he thinks he is to become somebody new. You know, so many of us, so many of us think we know ourselves. We think we have self-awareness, but we have a very limited self-awareness. We have the blinders on, you might say. We only think we're capable of certain things. And we continue the way we are. But it is Nisionus, it is life circumstances, vicissitudes of life that force us to become ever greater than we thought we were. And while we might resent the vicissitudes, these challenges of life, Bishas Mai says it's going on, in retrospect, we see how it allowed us to become much greater than we thought we were. This is our own halicha. This is our own travel. And for this perspective, seeing the halicha, the travel, as actually a journey toward self-discovery, a journey of self-actualization. Avram throughout his life, his life which is permeated with lech lecha, as we've traced in the text. Avram is traveling actually in a certain sense towards greater self. Traveling from a limited perception of self to realize an ever greater self. Well, that new perspective of halicha which we have come to, that new perspective of travel, traveling to self, actually lies right before us in the text when we now strip away, when we now reveal yet another diamond in the rough in the Pesachim. Because let's eyeball again the expression lech lecha, that magical expression which we traced as the bookend expression of Avram's life. Lech lecha, go for yourself. If lech lecha is so powerful an expression, well, you will notice the conjunction, lech and lecha, go and for yourself, both consist of the same letters, lamed chafsofis, lamed chafsofis, lech and lecha. Coincidence, it cannot be, especially considering that that is the bookending, bracketing expression of Avram's life. Go for yourself. There's something to the correlation of those two phrases. Lech and lecha. Go for yourself. What is the inherent connection between the two? As though they are one word. Lamelchaf, lamelchaf. Lech and lecha. Well, I would like to suggest that beyond the classic translation of lech lecha, go for yourself, as in go for your own benefit. Go and you will benefit from this. There is a much sharper reading of lecha. Lecha doesn't mean simply for you, but on a even rawer, more literal level, lecha, the Lamed prefix, means to you. 
Lech Lecha means go to you. You are going towards yourself. This halicha, this spiritual journey, is a lech lecha. It is a going toward, towards yourself. What does that mean, going towards yourself? I am myself. Well, self is so much greater than the individual presently thinks. Avram is traveling to himself to access self, to come to a self-awareness, who he really is, something so much greater than he ever anticipated, than he ever perceived. That is the beauty of this sharp read of Lech Lecha, as the very same Lamed Chaf, Lamed Chaf, a true, the true Halicha, the true travel, is Lecha to self, the journey to self, the finding of oneself becoming ever greater than an individual thought they were as they face down the asaranasyonos, the tantas, the vicissitudes of life and grow. As they move beyond their upbringing as Avram did and become something so much greater than the circumstances of their birth. And seen this way, reading Lech Lecha and the persona of Avram this way, there are yet additional features of Avram's life which fall right into place. For example, the closing episode in our parsha. The closing episode in our parsha is the brismila. Hashem presents Avram with a covenant, a pact through circumcision. Now you will notice an interesting repeated characteristic to the brismila at the end of our parsha. And that is Avram is changing on so many levels. For starters, change of the body. His very body is changing through circumcision. He is reforming a limb on his body. The reproductive organ. Number one. Number two, beyond change of body, there's change of name. Because along with his circumcision, his name changes from Avram to Avraham. And this is a more drastic name change than any other figure in Tanakh. As the Gemara says, Avraham may never again be called Avram. After Brasmila. So he changes both in body, but he changes moreover in name. And there is yet a third change beyond body and name going on at the time of Brasmila, and that is change of spiritual status. As Ramban writes later in Chumash, in Parshas Amar, Avram assumed a degree of Kedushas Yisrael. Avram assumed a degree of what we would call Jewishness at the time of Brasmila. Prior to Brismila, Avram was a righteous Noahide, a righteous Benach. So we have so many changes in unison at the time of Brismila change of body, change of name, and change of spiritual status that it certainly must be significant. Now, it, it kind of reminds me on a very superficial level. You, you, psychologists, sociologists talk about the trauma, or at least the anxiety of changes in life. Even positive changes, such as marriage, change of familial status or having a child, change of a new career path, or a change of a change of location, moving from city to city. And they'll speak about the power, or really the struggle, 
of multiple challenges in unison, say an individual as they get married, also are undergoing a job change and also are undergoing a move to a new city or the like. The compound changes going on. Well, the Mila is exactly that. It's a compound change in Avram's life. Many, many changes going on in Avram's life. What is the significance of the final episode on Parshas Lech Lecha, the Mila, being a compound changing story? Well, now it becomes so apparent why. The whole idea of Lech Lecha, as we've traced in that very phrase, is Avram is a figure of change. Avram is ready to become something so much more, to travel to self, to assume a larger self than the self who had been so previously. And therefore, the culminating episode of Parshas Lech Lecha, the Parsha of Lech Lecha traveling to self, is when Avram becomes something new in body, name, and spiritual status. He becomes a new person. And never underestimate the, the, the significance of changes even in something such as names. Names define who you are. When a person assumes a new name, a new identity, in some sense they're a new person. In this regard, just to appreciate the significance of names and therefore name changes, just how primal names are to who we are. I recall a story from my youth. I recall when my grandfather, Oliver Schalt, my paternal grandfather, suffered a heart attack. And he was actually here in Baltimore at the time. And he underwent heart surgery in Hopkins. He was 68 years old. And I still remember the episode being told to me. After the surgery, as the anesthetics were wearing off and he was slowly, 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 ever so gradually coming awake again, arising, his consciousness aroused again. One of the nurses started to, in a soothing voice, call out his name. Marshall, Marshall. Now, my grandfather was a dignified man, an eminent academic and the like, and here he was being called in a pip squeak voice, Marshall, Marshall, by this 22-year-old nurse. And my grandmother, Allah Shalom, was, was, was offended by that or struck by that. She stood up for the covet of her husband. And she, and she said, you'll, you'll excuse me. I mean, my husband is usually introduced with a doctor, with a professor. And just calling him on a first-name basis like your bud-bud with him, you you know, the little twerp here addressing a, you know, a world-renowned figure. She, she felt that was not bakavitic, not appropriate. And the nurse explained what she was doing. She said, no, 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 I wouldn't address your husband in real life, just first-name basis, bud-bud thing. This is a, tip, a typical protocol. You see, because as the individual is waking up from their surgery and from the potent medications and sedations, we need to elicit the person, the person's consciousness in in a very primal place. And the most primal place in consciousness is the name, the birth-given name, the name which their mother called them with. 
And there's something very powerful in terms of enabling the individual to wake up, calling back on the individual. You, so to speak, this is the technique, you, so to speak, pull them right in the heartstrings in that most, again, primal place. And that's their birth-given name. And perhaps as an additive, the feminine voice echoing of that maternal voice with a birth-given name which a person grew up with. That's apparently this was the standard technique. And that story from my youth impresses upon me. You know, however much a person might achieve in life, however many letters there are before their name or after their name, their birth-given name is really their primal identity, their, their, their primal self-consciousness and self-awareness, more so than any of those academic achievements or the like. So therefore, we understand that a name change is something really shaking. It is something really tumultuous in an individual's consciousness. Avram is no longer at the time of Brismila. The person as he knew himself is no longer. Avram had this ability to become something new, in line with everything we've been tracing about Avram tonight. This is Avram. This is the Lech Lecha figure. This is the figure of Nisionos who is ready to become something new. Taking a step back now, we have the richness of a cohesive understanding of Avram. So many aspects and dimensions of his personality have come together. And all of this lies in our parasha's very name and phraseology, Lech Lecha, and all those expressions of Halicha with which we began the night, the Shir tonight. And what has become very apparent is that Lech Lecha is not simply the opening story of Avram's life. And for that matter, the discovery of monotheism is not simply the story of Avram's youth when he first looks up at the cosmos, at the, at the stars and the sun and the moon and seeks to find God. But much deeper than that, he is called the Holy throughout his life. Not only in the verses we studied and the textual patterns we traced, but in the way he lived all of his life. Nisayan after Nisayan, from the beginning of his life till his end, he's always traveling, he's always becoming something new. In the end of our parsha. 99 going on 100. He changes Lech Lecha, traveling into, journeying to a new self in his entirety. That we can suggest from this perspective. The first spiritual journey of Avram. Avram Hikaras Boro, as in Avram's journey to find Hashem, is not a one and done spiritual journey. It's not a one and done Hikirasporu discovery of Hashem. But it is a forever expanding Lachlacha. Because you see, discovering Hashem is not simply the general notion that God exists. Every layer of deeper understanding who Hashem is, as one comes to know a God, through all of their avodas Hashem, 
in each tefillah, when one talks to Hashem and comes to ever deeper knowledge of who Hashem is, or when one does a chesed and thereby comes to ever deeper appreciation of what it means to love, and in turn what that says about the ultimate Baal Chesed, the one who gives us life. Or in the way one brings up his children and therefore comes to recognize who Avinu Shabbat our Father in Heaven is. Every experience in Avaitis Hashem is actually a form of, dis- of discovering Hashem. So Avram has really never concluded his original Lech Lecha, you might say, his original journey. But the Lech Lechas and that term Halicha we've traced throughout his life is forever reverberating, it's forever echoing. He's always discovering Hashem anew. And the degree with which he knew Hashem till now pales in comparison with his new discovery of who Hashem is, as Avram himself becomes ever more mature, ever richer in his understanding of self and his understanding of who Hashem is. And this understanding that Avram's discovery of monotheism is itself not a one-and-done deal, but forever growing throughout his life, and hence he's called a holy throughout his life, is borne out actually by a supposed contradiction. You know in the learning experience in Limit HaTorah, the concept of a stira, a contradiction, is the building block for any true Torah discovery, whether in a Gemara or beyond. And so often it is the most blatant of contradictions wherein lies the richest of new perspectives. Well, what is the contradiction Mifarshim asks, commentators ask regarding Avram's life? There are divergent midrashim regarding the age when Avram discovered Hashem. Perhaps the most well-known medrash cited by the Gemara, which we're taught in nursery, is Ben Shlosha Hekar Avram Asporo. Avram discovered Hashem when he was three years old. But then there are other midrashim. We have this medrash that he discovered Hashem at age 40, as the Rambam cites, or perhaps at 48. So many different ages are given. And the Kesef Mishnah actually writes, Revil Seth Cairo, in his commentary, the Kesef Mishnah writes, that these madrashim are actually not arguing, not disagreeing with each other, but are marking different stages in Avram's discovery of Hashem. At age three was one, 40 was another, 48 was another. What is the deeper meaning of this? Why are the madrashim so misleading us? Pointing in different directions, giving, out, giving different signals when, when Avram discovers Hashem. If in fact... These were all milestones in Avram's discovery of Hashem. Why are the Midrashim giving us different arrows? Well, I think that is exactly the point. Different Midrashim point at different junctures in Avram's journey and dramatize them as the time he discovered Hashem, as though not the other milestones. Because each milestone in Avram's life is supposed to be seen as the time he discovered Hashem. You see, the God who he knew at age three, well, it's a fundamentally different understanding of Hashem and understanding of self and Avodah and Hashem, which Avram has at 40 and at 48. Each one pales in comparison relative to the one before. And this is Avram of all people. Proud as he is of his initial discovery of Hashem, he never sits back. He never rests on his laurels. He engages in this discovery of Hashem anew, in this anew, this 
discovery by extension of self anew. This growth anew. He, it's not one breakthrough in Avram's life, Hikar Esporo. It is a forever growing Hikar Esporo. And each stage is dramatized as the moment as reflected by these divergent midrashim. The very art of these divergent midrashim is that they are pointing at different stages, dramatizing each one as the stage, because from different perspectives, they were, these were all an equally meaningful breakthrough. So each medrash is measuring, is applying a different metric to the moment. Is Which aspect of understanding Hashem is the all-important one to focus on? Because they are all a breakthrough. From the beginning of his life to his very end, Avram's breakthroughs continue. He is not like the great scientist or artist who wins their prize and then you don't read about them again. You understand that any true explorer, discoverer, inventor, any intrepid figure can't really retire, can't really check out. The very gumption, the very drive which drew them to the original discovery, well, will become an un- will remain an, unse- an unceasing thirst within them for more discovery, for more knowledge. Well, in the case of Avram, who's involved in the discovery, in the revelation of no less than God than meaning itself in life, he is never satisfied. I found him, but always wants to find him anew on an ever deeper level. He's a holy throughout his life, growing throughout his life. So indeed, now we can embrace tonight's theme, Lach Lecha, as the name of not only our parasha, but as the motto of Avram's life, traveling, discovering, traveling to self. That is what he's all about from the beginning to the end. Which takes us now to the grand finale of tonight's year. We have brought together It has coalesced before us so many dimensions of Avram's life. How they are all about this issue, this thing, being a holich, being a figure of gumption, a figure who is always thirsting for more discovery, to become something new, to break out of the boxes they begin in. The intrepid nature. Well, one aspect of this is that such a person never really grows old. Yes, their body might become ever more debilitated, ever more infirm. But because the individual never checks out on their life, never retires from the ultimate profession, from the ultimate Engagement, which is discovering Hashem, which is finding meaning in their life. They remain young at the end. The stride in their step never diminishes. They are forever alive. Avram is still discovering Hashem until the very end. Avram is becoming a greater person until his very, the very end. And you think about in a ever-increased lifespan in America today. And the question is becoming, when now people have opportunities in a retirement era like never before, how do they maximize it? Are they ready to check out on life and spend their life in Central Park throwing out breadcrumbs to pigeons or golfing 
Or actually, will they be just as engaged in life as ever before? Just as Ovid Hashem as ever before? Simply find new circumstances. Perhaps it's no longer in the office in the workplace. Perhaps it's more time with family. Perhaps it's more time in show. Perhaps it's more time pursuing other interests. But endeavors which are just as engaging as those endeavors of their youth. The Lach Lecha never wanes for the t- true intrepid Lach Polit, for the t- true intrepid Avraham. So I would posit, Avram, as we've understood him tonight, must be the figure who never retires. Well, this too is borne out. This too is borne out. Because there's a mission at the end of Mesechus Kiddushin, which discusses that for the Torah true individual, they have vigor in youth, but vigor continues in their old age. And Avraham is the figure to whom the Mishnah points. Now let's read the Mishnah inside and allow the full power of this revelation to sink in. The Mishnah says as follows about a Torah true person, Benaruso Mahu Omer. What does it say about such a person's youth? Those who hope for Hashem will have renewed strength. Now stop here. You will notice this very verse appears in this week's Haftorah concerning Avraham. Avraham had vigor in his youth. And then the Mishnah continues. Biziknuso mahu omer. What does it say about that individual's old age, the Torah true individual? Od yinuvam beseva, he remains fresh, vigorous in old age. Vechinu omer ba'avram avinu olav hashalom. And this is exactly what we find concerning Avraham, Avraham zakin. Avram was blessed and vigorous even in old age. That here we trace in the Mishnah both covertly and overtly Avram is the figure of both vigor in youth and vigor in old age. Avram's vigor remains. That is Avraham. More so than any other tzaddik, Avram is the model of aging gracefully, of consistency of vigor from youth through old age. This is Avram who never checks out in life. And actually, like every Torah true discovery now, this final dimension of the Avram persona we're revealing to now, Avram as the aging with vigor icon, well, now spawns all sorts of other textual discoveries. For example, the realization that it is specifically Avram Avinu and Sarah Imenu, his wife, who parent children in old age. They give birth to Yitzchak when they're beyond childbearing years. Well, it's not just a story. It's not just a miracle. But that is Avram et Sarah for you. The ability to bear a child in old age. That's a physical manifestation of the way they live their lives, remaining fruitful and productive in old age. That while for Avram and Sarah this was born out physically, the Avram and Sarah persona that we have been revealing tonight, all of us can, can remain fruitful in old age if we only maintain that gumption, that curiosity, that drive to continue the journey. And there are other indications of Avram as the standout, aging gracefully, aging with vigor person. And for this purpose, I turn 
to uh, com- compare and contrast to the other others, you will find two out of three of the others, the other two others, Yitzchak and Yaakov, are both described in almost symmetrical terms as debilitated and infirm in their old age. We find concerning Yitzchak, when Yitzchak grew old, his eyes became blind, and then the very same expression regarding Yaakov Avinu's old age. Yaakov's eyes became heavy from old age. It is so clear this echo in the text. A blinding, infirm, aged Yitzchak and a blinding, aged, infirmed Yaakov. Well, it is so clear by... Omission, the Torah does not say that regarding Avraham. There is almost like a gaping, as we called it, omission. The two other individuals are seen in parallel caricatures as old and infirm, but not Avraham, you see. I think the Torah wants us to engage in this compare contrast. Say, yes, it is an Avro quality not to become a debilitated, not to become infirm. Because regardless of what happens to a person's body, you understand, the idea of remaining vigorous even in old age, that Avro models for us more than anyone else. And it would be inappropriate for Avram to become a figure stooped over and in front. That is not Avram. It just doesn't fit the image who till the very end remains vigorous. And we appreciate from this perspective yet another Mimer Chazal, yet another statement of Chazal, when it says that Avram and Sarah minted coins for themselves. And on one side of the coin, it said, Zakin Uzkena, old man, old woman. And on the other side of the coin, it said, Bachru Basula, young man, young woman. You know, it's because they parented a child in old age. They were both old and young at the same time. And hence, one side of the coin said old, the other side said young. Well, this medrash, two sides of the coin, is far more than a piece of midrashic minutia. It is capturing for us the being old and the being young at the same time. They are two sides of the same coin. Avram and Sarah remain old and young at the same time because Avram is that intrepid. Avram is that engaged individual, that spiritual explorer who never loses his drive, who never checks out on life. In fact, Noticing now a final Pasuk, and with this we'll conclude the shear. Even Avram on his deathbed is almost alone in this description. How does Avram die? What is the caricature of his deathbed? Avram dies old, mature, and satisfied. There is a peace here. Not debilitation, not infirmity at all. Mature and satisfied. Sevatova zakin v'saveya. Avram dies with grace. Avram does not lose it till the very end. Well, that, this is not an isolated pasuk. But this brings together all of our textual derivations, everything we've traced to know of the way Avram ages gracefully. That bringing the shear together, this final dimension we've revealed about Avram, Avram is the model for aging gracefully, aging with vigor. This is not a detached characteristic of Avram. This is the way he lives the entirety of his life. This is who he is. It is Avram 
described by the power of the Lech Lecha expression as we've developed it tonight, the traveling to self, the being a traveler, the being the, the never accepting of status quo, but the constant drive, the constant gumption to become more, the intrepid nature, the curiosity, the discovery, the, the penchant, the almost insatiable, unquenchable thirst to find more meaning, which never dies on Avram. It's who he was in the beginning. It's who he remains to the very end because it's who he is. Lech lecha, travel to yourself. You have not even reached your totality of self-awareness. You can always become more. None of us are victims of circumstances. None of us should live in the box, should live in whatever, with whatever blinders we have on. You know, many of us from childhood have been told messages, subliminal messages or explicit messages, which cut us down to size and make us believe we can't become great. Whether judgmental people, people who've looked at us as askance since childhood, and which we've internalized in varying ways. Or other, other sort of impressions which we have, which limit who we are. But, but, but don't be true greatness as if we are not confined by all of that. We never lose our ability to become greater. We never lose that youthful vigor. Traveling to ourselves, lach lecha, as the Avram of old. Always curious, always striving, always growing, always youthful, always active. May we all follow in the ways of Avram. May we always remain spiritual seekers forever, driven to become more forever, growing in our self-awareness forever, growing in our Akars Habore forever. A cohesive perspective of Avram thus has emerged from Parshas Lech Lecha, and hopefully a cohesive vision for us all to aspire to. Thank you very much.